Welcome back to Sportsish, the podcast, a place to bring the sports and the ish, a place to make sports fun, cute, and easy. This is not your boyfriend's sports news, it's sports for the girlies. Welcome back, guys. It is a new week, so let's talk about sports. What even happened this week? I feel like there was so much going on in the sports world. Where to begin? Uh, football, naturally. On the NFL side of things, there were some wild games on Sunday. And when I went to choose which game I was going to watch, it was obvious that Taylor is done with the Eras tour. So she would naturally be at the Chiefs game. Simone Biles' husband is on the Packers. So the Chiefs were playing the Packers. It was basically my dream scenario. So Simone Biles' husband, his name is Jonathan Owens, and he plays for the Packers. He is a safety which means he's on defense, and particularly he's a strong safety. And a strong safety is known to concentrate on both stopping the run and covering the tight end. So his job that game was to cover the tight end on the Chiefs. And who is the tight end on the Chiefs? Anyone know? Anyone know? Travis Kelsey. So Jonathan Owens, by the way, he always looks massive. I'm always like, that guy is huge. He is so tall. So I actually decided to look up his height during the game just because he was top of mind. He's only 5'11". And I realized he looks so big because he's always standing next to Simone Biles, who is literally 4'11". So 5'11", next to Simone Biles, is in fact massive. But in the NFL, he's kind of a small guy. Small guy, but he's... uh, He's a strong safety. He covers the tight end and he's like kind of feisty. He had some questionable plays. He got called on a late hit on Patrick Mahomes. A lot of people don't think it was a late hit, but then at the end of the game, he was shown totally pushing Travis Kelsey in the end zone. Uh, So he's kind of feisty and the Packers actually like pulled out this underdog win against the Chiefs. It was the first game that Taylor Swift has been to where the Chiefs have lost against the Packers but Simone Biles was there she was kissing Jonathan Owens on the sideline she's really embraced the whole wag thing she's decked out in gear at the home games it feels like she's experiencing what I experienced my senior year of high school which is dating a football player and it is exhilarating I mean after the games are you kidding me when they run up to you on the sidelines it is exhilarating Simone's experiencing it I'm happy for her So Taylor and Simone actually had no interaction during the game. I was digging the internet for pictures, but I do know that they do know each other. There are photos of them together. And then Simone, when she pulled out of the Tokyo Olympics, when she pulled out of one of the Olympic events in Tokyo, there was so much, you know, hate and shade thrown her way. NBC Olympics teamed up with Taylor Swift and created this video about Simone coming back because if you remember so she pulled out of one of the events and then she actually did come back to compete on the beam after taking some days to rest and mentally kind of heal so NBC Olympics created this video to kind of talk about her strength and who did the voiceover none other than Taylor Swift and it was really really powerful I'm gonna play it here Okay, so Simone's husband and Taylor's boyfriend playing football is not the only thing that happened this weekend. Um, If you haven't heard the drama, college football, by the way, is weird. It's, It's hard to understand. There are so many conferences, 
the absolute hypocrisy of sports enthused men to ever say that women are complicated or hard to understand when they have things like the college football committee. The complexities of this are astounding. It This is hard to understand. This is complicated. Ultimately, let me simplify, break it down just so we can dive into the drama appropriately. You should know that there is a committee and they decide which teams make the college football playoffs. So it used to be done by like a computer generated ranking and they would just have two teams play at the end of the season for the National College Football Championship. But in 2012, there were a lot of complaints and they wanted kind of a more human element into deciding the college football championships. So they raised it, first of all, to four teams in the playoffs and they formed this committee. So if we have to equate it to something to keep it basic, to keep it light, to keep it fun, to keep it sportsish, let's think of this committee is The Bachelor and all of the college football teams are the contestants on The Bachelor. But in this case, there are 131 contestants. That is the number of eligible college football teams in the highest tier of college football. So what the committee does is they create a ranking of the top 25 best teams in the nation, and they release these rankings on a weekly basis on Tuesday nights. So Tuesday nights, college football rankings come out based on, you know, teams' performances and their schedule and how tough their schedule is. There's these algorithms that go into it. It's incredibly complicated. Then they have something called Selection Sunday, which took place this past Sunday. And Selection Sunday is when they take the top 25 teams and narrow it down to four for the final four for the college football playoffs. They also reveal the teams playing in the New Year's six bowl games. So similar to The Bachelor, it's usually not very shocking who is in the final four. I feel like when you watch The Bachelor, like you know, you know the girls that are going to be in the final four. You know how you used to have like polls or like bets going on who's going to win the whole thing after you watch the first episode? I feel like I would always win them. Guys are so predictable. You just know. You know who he's going to pick. But the drama in this college football committee situation is that we didn't know. It was surprising because one team was absolutely devastated and shocked that they were left out. That team was Florida State University. Most people did project them to be in the top four, to be in the college football playoffs. But instead, it was Michigan, Washington, Texas and Alabama in the top four. This was surprising as FSU was 13-0. They had a perfect season. What did throw them off was in week 11, their star quarterback had a really gruesome leg, broken leg injury. It was, it's like the most horrifying video to watch. Do not look it up unless you want to feel nauseous. Jordan Travis was his name. He was their star quarterback and really like a large piece of the team's success. But they did continue to play well without him. And so everyone thought they would make it to playoffs. Well, they didn't. They did not. In fact, Alabama were the ones who made it to the playoffs instead of them. And Alabama was 12-1 and instead of 13-0. and It feels confusing. I've read a lot about the decision and basically... Like the committee just said that they were not the same team that they were at the beginning of the season. And they said to themselves, is this a team that could compete 
in the playoffs without their star quarterback? And the answer they landed on was no after many, many votes. And people are so angry. They are so angry. Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida is threatening to sue. And the coach's statements are heart-wrenching. I mean, remember how when someone gets eliminated on The Bachelor or Bachelorette, it's usually a spectacle. Either they are sobbing or they are storming out. And they will not let The Bachelor, like, say a word to them. These people are sobbing. FSU is sobbing. They are heartbroken the video of them finding out that they did not make it feels like it should be on bravo tv it is so sad i really don't have a dog in this fight college football is not my strong suit no dog in this fight but genuinely people are feeling strongly and it's dramatic that's what's going on in college football one of the most heartbreaking stories to come out of sports this week was about a Carolina Panthers tight end. His name is Hayden Hurst, and he went into concussion protocol after what appeared to be kind of a routine tackle during a game against the Bears. And so just kind of like a standard concussion protocol, it happens all the time in the NFL, in college football, in high school football, in sports in general, concussions happen. But his father went on Twitter and said that Hayden has been diagnosed with something called post-traumatic amnesia. And it's basically time after a period of unconsciousness where the injured person is conscious and awake but behaving or talking in a bizarre or uncharacteristic manner. So basically they have no continuous memory of day-to-day events and they struggle to remember things that happen in segments of time as small as hours and minutes. It can last anywhere from a few hours to a few months and there's no immediate cure. His dad did say that he will recover but it will be a slow recovery. There's no word when he'll be able to return to the field. It's so scary. We talked about head injuries on our episode with Aaron Hernandez and how they can have such an effect on mental health this story this week just broke my heart hearing about this particular player struggling with it after taking you know a routine tackle I don't know but if I had to predict something has got to give within the next few years in terms of injuries in the NFL and I don't know what the answer is but it's all so sad There are a lot of athletes expecting babies, which seems like a random tidbit, but kind of sports-ish, had to throw it in there. This week, it was announced Shea Gilgo-Alexander on the Oklahoma City Thunder is expecting. Dak Prescott, the quarterback for the Cowboys, is expecting. Baker Mayfield, who is the quarterback for the Buccaneers. Fred Warner on the 49ers. They're all expecting babies with their partners. I shouldn't even say they're expecting babies. They're not doing a damn thing, let's be honest. Their partners are expecting babies, and they are there to pose for a photo with an ultrasound picture. Luka Doncic, who who is the reigning NBA championship MVP with the Denver Nuggets, he just had a baby girl named Gabriella. Something's in the air. Love is in the air. In fact, yes, Vanessa Hutchins, she just got married to an athlete. His name is Cole Tucker. He's a baseball player. He's currently a free agent. I don't seem to think that Cole Tucker is a very good baseball player. I mean, he's good. He made it to the MLB, but I don't think he's... He's been thriving recently. He seemed to bounce around different markets, a lot of different organizations. But my favorite fact about these two is that they met in a virtual meditation via Zoom during COVID. So in the year 2020, Vanessa Hudgens met Cole Tucker in this like virtual Zoom class. And here they are 
She's seemingly very happy. They got married in a Mayan jungle in Mexico. I mean, sure, why not? Go off. The pictures were stunning. It's like a real-life Troy Bolton situation. He plays sports. I'm sure he sings, too. I'm happy for him. Break him free. They're soaring. They're flying. There's not a star in heaven they can't reach. Should I stop? The Sportsish Podcast is brought to you by Rookie Wellness. Supplements made simple. I'm back again to preach my love for Rookie's products, particularly their relaxation and sleep supplements, which are on an incredible sale. Great days start with a good night's sleep. This is a simple powder that you just pour into water. You get a great night's sleep. It's not habit forming. It relieves anxiety. It fights depression. It has magnesium. It has melatonin. And it tastes really, really good. The great news is, is our discount code stacks with all of their sale items. Use thesports.ish on anything on their website, including their new cute merch, to get a discount. Okay, trigger warning, um, there's Taylor Swift content coming up. So if you are a dad, a Brad, or a Chad, maybe stop now. Maybe quit while you're ahead and just just stop playing the podcast because Taylor Swift is about to be spoken about. Uh, She was named the Times Person of the Year of 2023. She's the first woman to ever grace the Person of the Year cover twice. She was also in the 2017 cover. She was one of a few called the Silence Breakers, covering survivals of sexual harassment. There's no argument in any world that this was the right choice. I mean, The article even says, if you're questioning this decision, just ask yourself how many times you heard Taylor Swift brought up in conversation this year. I don't care who you are or where you're from or where your interests lie or what you do for work. Taylor Swift was brought up around you multiple times. And whether you hated it or you loved it, she was relevant enough to dominate so many conversations this year. She really is the most relevant person in the world. One thing that came out of the cover was a brilliant interview by journalist Sam Lansky. I didn't know anything about Sam Lansky four days ago. I'm obsessed with him. His writing is brilliant. The way he wrote this article, it's like you have to root for Taylor Swift after you read the article. You have to. There's just... Like, I want anyone who's not a Swifty, which, by the way, I have many in my life. I just want them to read the article. You can't help it. I'm a sucker for a well-written article, to be honest. And it was really well-written. She covered so much. She gave us so much insight, including her training routine for the Eras Tour, which I think we've all been begging, begging for that. She said she sang her entire set list while running on a treadmill. Are you lying? That is three hours on a treadmill. That's outrageous. I I guess I do understand now why she's in such incredible shape and why she could do the show without skipping a beat. I mean, it makes sense. She's been training rigorously on a dang treadmill. She did also talk about football to bring things back to sports. Travis, as we all know, She said that football is fun and she's been missing out her whole life. Yes, Taylor, Taylor, welcome. We have an entire fantasy football league dedicated to you. It's named after you. 
We're so glad you're here. We've been waiting. One little nugget of information that was fun to see is that she and Travis started dating after his podcast episode. So the whole bit about the friendship bracelet and the number, that was their introduction. That was the first thing she saw. And then they started going on dates. That is a love story right there. This man like confessed his love on a podcast with using a friendship bracelet as a reference. And now they're dating and they're going to get married. Just, I'm so happy about it. Anyways, the amount of new Heights episodes that I probably listened to not knowing that Travis was dating Taylor Swift at the time. My mind is just blown by it all. But one thing she did say is that she and Travis were proud of each other, which is absolutely a slight at Joe Alwyn, who never seemed happy or proud of anything she did. But I'm happy for her and I'm happy for him. And it really feels like he's giving her exactly what she needs in terms of affirmation or support. If you haven't heard me say it, Taylor Swift and I have the same personality type, (laughs) according to a website. And affirmation is just, it's so big for me. And it's, I think it, I think it's the same way for her. I mean, I'm not, I'm not comparing myself to Taylor Swift, guys. I'll get a grip. But it feels like he's giving her it. Could you tell that I could talk about this forever? Anyways, if Time Magazine can name their person of the year, then we can name our sports person of the year. In fact, I think we should. I think it's appropriate. I asked you guys to submit who you thought was the top trending sports person of the year many of you did submit taylor swift as the sports person of the year i will say but hear me out (laughs) i agree with you i get it she's literally changed the viewership of the nfl changed my life changed sports changed everything everything has changed if you know you know but this is a sports podcast and we're probably going to give the title to someone like maybe directly involved in sports i hate to say it However, Taylor would have my vote. So let's talk about your submissions and go over who we think could be the 2023 sports person of the year. Side note, two of you said me. That is so nice. I did. I did run a marathon. (laughs) If you haven't heard, I ran a marathon. So, uh, but no, I'm not the sports person of the year. I did crunch some numbers today, though, and on Instagram, at least, we have quadrupled our follower count in a year. So that's kind of fun. So I'm not the sports person of the year, but I do think I have a part in creating a space for women to start really, really enjoying sports and having fun with them. And I think Taylor Swift is a huge reason why many women are starting to do that. So maybe we are the sports people of the year. Maybe that's it. We get the, Taylor and I get the awards Our ESFJ souls will take the award for Sports People of the Year. Just kidding. Actually, there were two names submitted over and over and over again. And and you would be shocked. Just kidding. You won't. It's the most predictable thing ever. But Travis and Jason Kelsey were submitted over and over and over again for Sports Person of the Year. It was almost honestly like exactly even in terms of votes on who it would be. I mean, I get it. Let's look at what they did this year. Their their year in review. Okay, so they both played in the Super Bowl. Yes, one won the Super Bowl and the other did not, but they were both there. They were both on SNL because if you remember, 
Travis was the host, but then Jason came in in a cameo in a skit and he was so hilarious. He was so good. That was probably my favorite part of the whole episode. Anyways, they both worked on the new Heights podcast, which is the most streamed podcast in America on all platforms. I mean, it's just taken off. It's just soared. They both sang on a Christmas album, which if you haven't heard me say it before, might be my favorite Christmas album of all time. Jason obviously spearheaded the album, but then Travis came on for his cameo. So like they both had these big things and did cameos for each other's projects. Okay, yes, Travis did start dating Taylor Swift, but Jason not only has Kylie, but he had a third child. Okay, so that's kind of even. Travis obviously had that huge interview in the Wall Street Journal, but Jason had the most streamed sports documentary in Amazon Prime history with Kelsey. Travis broke the record for most overall consecutive seasons for over a thousand yards received by a tight end. But then Jason broke the record for most consecutive starts in Eagles history. So like records are being broken by both of them. And both of their teams yet again are having another great season. The Eagles are 10 and two. The Chiefs are eight and four. There's an argument to be made for both of these guys for sports person of the year. Honestly, maybe we just give it to Donna because without Donna Kelsey, there's no Jason and there's no Travis. Also, she is thriving. I first heard of Donna Kelsey last year when she was making the trip like to go from one boys game to the other boys game and she would wear her split jersey and it was like this very heartwarming story and we're just like, oh, look at this cute supportive mom. Little did we know within months she'd be a celebrity. She's hanging out with Taylor Swift. Her cookie recipe is viral. She's an ambassador to all these different companies. She's in like a ton of commercials. There's an argument for Donna Kelsey to be the sports person of the year because not only is she doing this, she also raised the other potential sports people of the year. The Kelsey's man. Ed, I'm going to be honest. Ed, you are slacking. I'm sure you're a great person. You were married to Donna. You did raise these boys. I'm sure you're wonderful. We need more Ed content. In the meantime, your whole family is in the running for sports person of the year. What are you doing? Okay, the Mahomes family was also submitted. And by Mahomes family, I'm not talking about Jackson. We are not. We're not giving you the same name. We're talking about Brittany and Patrick. It's been a really big year for them. So obviously Patrick, he's the NFL MVP of the 2022-23 season. And then he wins the Super Bowl with the Chiefs and he wins the Super Bowl MVP. So he won both the league MVP and the Super Bowl MVP in the same season. And the last person to do that was Kurt Warner in 1999. And I don't even know who that is, but I know that 1999 to 2002 is a really long time. So way to go, Pat Mahomes. Then they are the stars of Netflix's quarterback docuseries, which everyone in the world watched, which was honestly the turning point for me with Brittany Mahomes because I started to humanize her. The docuseries really helped me look at Brittany Mahomes, see her as a mom, as a wife who makes sacrifices, who shows up to every game, gives her husband a kiss before every game, but also is always holding a baby on her hip. And 
I think just trying to create like a really good life for her family and for her children. It's got to be inevitably difficult to have a husband as preoccupied as an NFL quarterback, let alone the best NFL quarterback in the league. And she does it well. She does it really, really well. I think people forget that Brittany Mahomes without Patrick has a really impressive resume on her own. She used to be a soccer player and now she's a part owner of a soccer team. I think she's really misunderstood. And one of the reasons why I liked seeing her as a mom in Netflix's quarterback is because as a mom and as someone who has kids, I can't look at another mom, seeing another mom kind of like doing her thing and hate on her. I just can't do it. It it feels like barbaric of sorts to do that. She also had this incredible glow up when she started hanging out with Taylor Swift. It feels like maybe a stylist came around, maybe a hairstylist came around. The style is elevated. She also was in a Skims campaign with her family. That was a plot twist, seen as like she's very close with Taylor and the Skims Kim Kardashian situation. But I assure you, it was talked about, and they seem to be good. No bad blood. How many how many song titles am I going to quote in this episode? I don't I don't know. I just feel like Britney is thriving, and I don't know if I'll ever understand that the shade thrown her way. Coco Goff was submitted. Coco Goff, she was born in 2004. I don't, how old does that make her? Almost 20. That makes me feel so old. 2004? I remember 2004, like vividly. And that's when she was born. She is 19. She's a professional tennis player and she won the US Open this year, her first major singles title. So one fun thing I learned about Coco Goff is that her parents actually both gave up their careers to train her in tennis. No pressure, right? I mean, obviously this girl has felt tremendous pressure to do well and here she is. She was the first American teenager to win the US Open since Serena Williams in 1999. She also was the highest paid female athlete this year, making $23 million from both her winnings and her endorsement deals. Go off queen, this also was your year. Brock Purdy was submitted, and I like this one. So in 2021, if you haven't heard, the San Francisco 49ers picked Brock Purdy with the final pick of the NFL draft. That's the 262nd pick of the 2022 NFL draft, making him that year's Mr. Irrelevant. So the final pick of any NFL draft, they nickname that human being Mr. Irrelevant. And honestly, that is so mean. Why does anyone think that's okay? So Brock Purdy is in a great position and he's doing really well. So obviously we can joke about him being called Mr. Irrelevant. But the thing is, most Mr. Irrelevants don't become to be what Brock Purdy is. And so that nickname likely haunts them forever. That's so mean. So anyways, Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant. So he goes to the Niners. They have two other quarterbacks at the time. They have Trey Lance. And they have Jimmy Garoppolo. So Trey Lance was the starter. And Jimmy Garoppolo, although he's gorgeous, he's just not what he used to be. And he was the second string. So Trey Lance has a season-ending ankle injury. And then Jimmy Garoppolo suffers a foot injury. So who is left to start as their quarterback? None other than Brock, Mr. Irrelevant Purdy. So he goes in and he became the first Mr. Irrelevant to throw a touchdown pass in a regular season game. 
He also beat Tom Brady and the Bucks in his first game back, which, by the way, like, do you think that Tom Brady was like, this is it. This is I'm retiring now. This is it. If I'm getting beat by this kid, Mr. Irrelevant, I should probably retire. Who knows? Anyways, Brock was named the starter for this season. He's been doing really, really well. He's on a great team. I think the Niners could win the Super Bowl. I think Brock Purdy could win the Super Bowl. I think he could become the Super Bowl MVP. And that would be the coolest story. Mr. Relevant to Super Bowl MVP. So 2023 was a huge year for him. Allie Krieger, of course, was submitted. An incredible submission. The legendary soccer player. She retired this year. She retired in the highest of highs in her Beyonce Lemonade era. Which, by the way, she captioned a photo. And I'll never forget it. So Allie Krieger, she won the Women's World Cup in 2015 and 2019. She was married to a fellow soccer player, Ashlyn Harris. They adopted two children. Ashlyn Harris, as we know, as we've discussed, may or may not have had an affair on Allie Krieger with actress Sophia Bush. Anyways, Allie seemed to kind of just embrace the madness, the headlines, and channel it into something. And that something was soccer. She captained her team, Gotham FC, to win their first ever NWSL championship. And then she retires. Just an epic retirement. Proud of her. It's been such a year. Simone Biles, what a year for this girl. She is the most decorated gymnast in history. She's also just basically the greatest of all time in any capacity. So she started off the year by getting married to Jonathan Owens, who we've already discussed. This was back in the spring. She had a second wedding in Mexico, as you do. So in late June, it was announced that she was going to return to competition at the U.S. Classic. Why was this a big deal? Because Simone had not competed since 2021 at the Tokyo Olympics, where she was basically completely turned upon by many people in her country. So she goes to the U.S. Classic. She wins. She places first on the balance beam and floor exercise and third on the uneven bars. So this was her eighth national title, breaking the record by some man named Al Joaquin. And he had won seven. So she basically broke the record for most titles ever and became the oldest woman to win the title. She then went to the world championship and she won first place for her floor routine. She also was like the oldest person there by a million years. So gymnasts, as we know, most of them retire at young ages. Simone is 26 and still winning all the things. She won a gold medal at the world championship, her sixth gold medal on the floor. She is the first gymnast in world championships history to win that many titles. Caitlin Clark was submitted, of course, the basketball player from Iowa. She's so talented. She led the Hawkeyes to the championship game against LSU. She's Iowa's all-time leading scorer. She is the only player in Division I men's or women's basketball history with 3,000 points, 750 rebounds, and 750 assists. She's doing great. On the flip side of things, Angel Reese, she led LSU to the NCAA championship, and they won. They beat Caitlin Clark and the Hawkeyes. She was the MVP. She appeared in Sports Illustrated swimsuit editions. She was 
being interviewed on late night talk shows. She recently took a four game mental health break, which of course she deserves every moment. She is also best friends with Shaquille O'Neal now. So not many people can say that. Shakari Richardson, the track and field sprinter who we love, who occasionally has like incredible Flojo inspired outfits and nails, and she's just fun to watch and she's electric. So she qualified in 2021 for the Tokyo Olympics, but then she was disqualified for cannabis use. She could have been like, nah, I'm good. Like we're done here, but she didn't. She went and she trained her heart out. She comes back on April 8th of this year and she runs the fourth fastest 100 meter ever by a woman. And then this summer, she was at the USA Outdoor Track and Field Championships in Oregon. She became the U.S. national champion in the 100-meter sprint event, winning the 100-meter final in 10.82 seconds. And she qualified for the World Athletics Championships, which she did go to. And she won the gold with the 10.65 times, so even faster. And then she also won gold as part of Team USA in the women's 4x100 relay final. She will be at the Paris Olympics, and I cannot wait. But this was a really big comeback year for Shakari Richardson. Erin Matson was submitted, and, and I'm so happy because I wanted the chance to speak about Erin Matson for a while. She is a field hockey player, and if you don't know anything about field hockey, you didn't grow up in the South or the East Coast. Field hockey's a big deal out here in the East Coast. So Erin Matson was the most decorated player in North Carolina field hockey history. She, every single year, went and won the NCAA championship with her team. So she led her team as while she was playing to every single title. Every year they won a title. So she graduates and literally the next year is hired on as that team's coach. Okay, this girl's fresh out of graduation and they're like, just kidding. Don't leave campus. You're staying here. You're now the coach. And then she leads her team, her former team, with her former teammates that she is now the coach to, to win the national championship. I never played field hockey. I had friends who played. I don't know much about it. But all I know is when you're winning that consecutively, you're doing something really right. I'm really impressed with Erin Madsen and her story. Similar vein is Charlotte North who was submitted. She's a lacrosse player. She became the NCAA's all-time goal-scoring leader ever for women's lacrosse. I need to follow lacrosse more. I loved lacrosse growing up. Lacrosse was huge in my high school. I actually was the lacrosse manager my senior year. So we kept track of, we kept track of like stats and we brought the players treats. I did it all one million percent because I really liked a guy on the team but good times anyways Charlotte North way more impressive than I have ever been I need to follow lacrosse more but this girl from the highlights I did watch she's electric she played at Duke she played at Boston College now she's graduated someone submitted Zach Wilson and I have so many questions but um it has not been his year unfortunately I will say not his year in stats for sure Maybe, maybe this year his image is improving. Here's what happens. To sum it up very simply, they benched Zach Wilson. They tried two other guys. The two other guys made Zach Wilson look like Aaron Rodgers, as in they were horrendously terrible. 
Zach Wilson is now going to start again for the Jets. Aaron Rodgers this week said that he loves Zach Wilson and that they're friends and that they spend a lot of time together. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is weird AF, but highly respected. If he says he loves Zach Wilson, I think maybe more people are going to love Zach Wilson. Someone submitted Trevor Lawrence. So I actually would argue this one. Um, it's very much not his year. Trevor Lawrence just had a high ankle sprain this week, and he's probably definitely out for a few weeks. Uh, I do think he is like the backbone of his franchise, and the Jaguars are nothing without Trevor Lawrence. So I, I like the creativity in the submission, but it, I would not name him the sports person of the year. Someone submitted Steph Curry, who we love. Hot dad, hot dad, hot dad. That's all I have to say about Steph Curry. He was probably not. I would probably not give it to him this year. But that's okay because it would be annoying if he was because 2022 was his year. He had a hell of a 2022. He set the record for the most three-pointers in history. He won the NBA championship MVP. He graduated like college and he earned his bachelor's degree. Uh, So he had a really big 2022. One thing he did in 2023 that was really impressive was the American Century Golf Championship, which is basically like a celebrity golf tournament but it's very competitive people take it very seriously well Steph Curry won he had a hole in one and he was the first African-American to ever win someone did submit Nick Bosa's arms as the sports person of the year and while I have some questions I actually agree I mean they were in a skins campaign we'll give it to you if we come down to the nitty-gritty it was Travis Kelsey who won the sports person of the year as voted on by you guys. I would love to take an updated poll with our top four candidates. So you'll see that today on Sportsish. Go give a vote to who you feel is the sports person of the year. Sports, as per usual, were electric this year. And there was so much, there was so much to love, so much to be enjoyed, so many great people to watch. It's hard to narrow it down to one, but we're going to do it. I'll give you the results next week. And that's all we've got for you today. Have a fabulous weekend and we'll see you next time.